And now, from Kansas City, literally the best place on earth, it's time for the real hooligans. All right, Merry Christmas, hooligans. It's that time. It is. We are two days away from Christmas as of the drop of this episode. Our double week, as we also have a Christmas vacation episode dropping. But we're back again. Real hooligans. Tim English and David Kane. Extra content. Baby. Happy holidays, buddy. How how is your season going? How is COVID how has COVID affected your family's holiday at all? Uh yes. Um so, you know, um Elizabeth, the five year old. Um we had some uh, visiting Santa concerns. We weren't sure how that was gonna work. Uh, this year, and that was, you know, some, something she, of course, looks forward to. She still believes in all that stuff. Um, but it turns out that um, uh, a church in our neighborhood had a drive through Santa Claus and Winter Village kind of thing. Oh, nice. Um, so while she didn't get to sit on Santa's lap and we didn't get to do the whole pictures thing this year, um, she still got to, you know yell out the window what she wanted to Santa, and she, she thought that was cool. You know, it was different for her. Um, but we made it work. Did you say she yelled out the window what she wanted? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you drive up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just just the way you said it. She got to yell out the window what she wanted. Yeah. It's basically uh, what happened. Christmas memories. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, now well, I'm going to slow down. You shout out the window what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your mask my on. How, my how the holidays have changed. COVID, baby. Um, cool, man. Well, my kids are older now, so it's like, we don't do all the little things how, anyway. How will the Dharma Initiative be impacted this year? Well, well, are they still making drops? We've still got a drop planned, and it's, I don't know how we're doing it. You know, at the same time, though, it's like, it's more of like, when's it going to get here? Yeah. You know, it's like, I can't really fool them anymore. No. I mean... There, there were only so many trips to the well with that one. Sure. Before. So, and now it's like almost like even the act of trying to fool them is kind of they're just like, just give us our shit. Right. Just make the box appear. I should wait and have that greed be the reason it's delayed. Oh, be like, yeah. You're, but now you're just waiting for the Dharma Initiative to do something for you. Yes. That's not how it works. Uh, Catch our Christmas vacation episode for my Dharma Initiative uh, drop story that I do for my kids every year. So, all right. Anything else before we jump into your five questions segment? Yeah, let's do five questions, Tim. <laughs> five questions with David. Die Hard Edition. Let's do it, buddy. I love it. Tim, oh. what role would you play in Hans's gang? Ooh. Are you a thug? Are you the bomb guy or the missile guy? Are you the IT nerd? Yeah, I'd I'd probably be the dude that's trying to hack into the vault, saying the right. smart ass comments. Oh, the quarterback is toast. toast. <laughs> I love how uh, they they have the scene there at the beginning when they first get into to Nakatomi. And they make sure to show him pushing up his glasses to emphasize this is the nerd guy that's going to do all that nerd stuff in the 80s that you don't know about all right. these computers and stuff yet. <laughs> it, it is funny because it's 
it's hilarious how dated this movie is. Oh, yes. It's so dated. It's I mean, so it, it still stands up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could watch the shit out of this movie. And, and I will. But it's like, uh, there's just so many, yeah, so many things with like the technology where you're just like, hmm. It's like, I feel that might have even been dated like right after this came out. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. More fun. A missile launcher or a big brick of C4? Ooh. I think it would be fun to do that C4 thing. Right? I want to have a brick of it, Tim. I've always loved that scene. And, yeah. I, I think I talked before about shooting off a rocket launcher. So today... Commando. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so today, I'm going to drop some C4 into something and see what happens. Good choice. So, yeah. Good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? Which one would you prefer? Oh, C4. Okay. I'm at, just like throwing grenades. I, I Give me some... You know, yeah, throwing grenades would be fun. Yeah, wouldn't it? Oh man, somebody make that happen. Yeah. Somebody, hooligans, if you're listening and you know how to make it happen for Tim and I to throw. Grenades, Did we talk about that last week? Like, there's got to be something like the axe throwing, where it's yeah. like grenade throwing. There's got to be a range <laughs> yes. somewhere. It's like insanely, like I mean, like you would have to like pay too much and sign too many waivers to do it. But that's happening in Florida. You know it is <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, at least Florida. All right, Tim, better dinner guest, Hans. Or Snape, you know I was going to try and figure out. How oh, to oh this definitely in. Hans Gruber. S- Snape was fucking weird and dark. I mean, ultimately he was uh, a good dude, but no, dude, sitting down with uh, Hans Gruber, he's a talker, man. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd be all about t- storytelling, and he'd sit there going, "I don't even know if the story's true, but it's great." So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just to listen to that Hans Gruber voice. Oh yeah, dude. And again, you know, he he's he's so fantastic. So Tim, let's talk about your fears. Would you rather run barefoot over glass or hang from a thin piece of nylon over a bottomless ventilation shaft? Uh, I'd probably run over glass. Not a fan of heights. Or you don't trust your arms to hold you. I, I think it's 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 the heights, I'm, and obviously it's like with, if you run over glass, you're gonna lift through that. You just sure you run. You you fall. <laughs> it's more of the threat. What's gonna happen to me <laughs> if so I do this? You're not, you're not. Capable I'm not gonna of... be able to walk for a week, you know, or so, and have my feet all bandaged up. I mean, he seems to be fine. You don't trust that you could leap over to the other. Vent and hold on, pull yourself up. Because I could not. No, I mean no. I mean maybe you do it a couple of times, but eventually, yeah, your arms get tired and hanging in that ventilation shaft is something that never would have been an option for me. Yeah. I wouldn't even have looked at it. Really, I know. Yeah. Well, no, I would run over the glass. Yeah, yeah. it'd suck, but I'd do it. Have you ever made fists? With your toes. I have. I was actually thinking about that. It's, I mean, it it works just because it's, you know, I mean, it's stretching your feet. So, you know, it's obviously it's going to have like a, a soothing, but I've always, I've always loved that. Cause yeah, when I was yeah little, I was like, I'll try that piss with your toes. Yeah. That is the key. It's the secret to. I mean, you know, yeah, even right now, just sitting here, I mean, it feels good. Just curl your feet up and get it on that carpet, you know, I mean. Hell Five yeah. questions. Is that it? That's it. All right, brother. Cool. Good job, David. Thanks, Tim. I'll have some trivia after this. I love trivia. Time. Got some interesting 
you know, we, we talk a lot about alternative timelines, and Die Hard could have been many different things. Ooh. So we'll talk about some Ooh. of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do have that. I actually have Fist With Your Toes is one of my notes. Opening scene, homeboy has that gun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess you can have guns now, but what? I mean, you can't take them on airplanes, but... Um, of course, we have Argyle. We meet Argyle, the limo driver. He is such a unique individual. He, he's he's a he's a cool black man with a job he doesn't care much about. He's clearly doing it for some sort of a status. On his first day. Yeah, this is his first day. He's got. He used to be a limo driver, so he's a talking. He's a fast talking dude, man. Um, he's played by Devereaux. Devereaux White. That's right, Devereaux White. Um, and they're they're doing like diehard battery commercials together. Have you seen these? Yes, I have. <laughs> Lord's sakes! All right. <clears throat> oh, I did forget to mention this movie is directed by John McTiernan, who also directed Predator. Um, almost directed Commando. Ooh. Just missed out. Jeb Stewart was one of the writers on this, and so was Stephen D'Souza. And I believe D'Souza was a writer on Commando. They're all together now. Based on a book by Roderick Thorpe called Nothing Lasts Forever. Certainly not the Nakatomi Plaza. All right, so we have Detective John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, arriving in Los Angeles. You've been to LAX? I have not. It's a scene, man. It is a scene. So, yeah. Nakatomi Towers, I've seen it in person. Fucking California. Fucking California. Uh, John is going to a Christmas party at Nakatomi Towers, which I believe is or was, it used to be the Fox headquarters. Really? I think so. When did you see it? Just a, when did I say the like building happenstance that you just happened to be there and made it past there, or did you make it a point to go and see this building? We drove past it on our way from Anaheim to LA, and I, we knew we were close to it, so we kind of drove near it. But we were in a lot of traffic, so we didn't di- <laughs> you know, yeah. divert. Yeah, we were just like we're fucking here, so if we we'll be fucked if we leave this lane, so. Well, we saw it from, I mean, from a fairly close distance, you know. I mean, enough to be like, that's it. That's the building. <laughs> that's the diehard building, yeah. Um, all right. John has a wife, Holly. She's going by Holly Gennaro. Gennaro. They're separated. They're separated, they? yeah. They're separated. She's been living in L.A. She took a job. He's a cop in New York. Can't can't just walk away. Yeah. Too many cases. Yeah. Too many cases, Holly. It's not it's just not the time. Too much paperwork. Yeah. Can't let these people go get away. Um she works for a man named Takagi. Takagi owns this company. It's played by James Shigeta. We also meet Ellis. He's played by Hart Bachner. Ellis is a cool dude, isn't he? What do you think of Ellis? I is Ellis not the quintessential 80s D-bag? Yep. Fucking... I mean, we've seen this character in a lot of other movies since, 
portraying somebody from the eighties. You know, we got. I feel like this character would be played by Christian Bale now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just a little bit part. Yeah, and the scene where Ellis, he's. He's just always got that smile that is the punctuation to his sentence to let you know that he's done with whatever's going on here. Uh, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to hit you with those pearly whites. Yeah. And you're just going to be mesmerized. And you can tell that he thinks that that works for him. He's way more charmed by himself than other people are. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Which is what makes him so great. Taking bumps of coke off of Holly's desk. The, the scene where he's doing coke with Takagi and McLean walk in and yeah. he's all wiping along and Bruce is like, miss him. Yeah. He's wiping it <laughs> he's off like, the picture oh. of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, Ellis is the worst, actually. So, All right, now the bad guys show up. Now, this scene reminds me... Did you ever watch Alias? No. Okay. Tarantino directed a two-part episode of Alias. That was basically diehard. So if you've ever wanted to see Tarantino's ver- what Tarantino's version of diehard is. Well, now I really want to. Well, you know, in Alias, it was like she worked for like the agency and she was like a double agent. Yeah. She worked for the CIA and this agency, SD6. Well, in this episode, um, this guy infiltrates SD6, much the way they kind of come in with the trucks and everything. And, he kind of comes in, and everybody thinks he's up to one thing, but he's really doing something, you know. And it's just, it, it's very much, but it's even Tarantino's even like the the guy in it. So it's like him. He stars he's, in he's his in own it, episodes. and he directs it. And it's just, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's a really great diehard kind of send up. So, um, so yeah, they show up, and we get to meet Hans Gruber for the first time. Alan Rickman. Alan freaking Rickman. He was forty one when he made this. Known only for like stage acting in, yeah. in England. Late to the movie game. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about how he got cast later on. Um, so, one thing I, I will point out, and this you know, won't go against my trivia, but um, when they get there, it's got the shot of all of them coming out, and there's no ambulance in the, yes. <laughs> in the truck. Did you know? I was. I, mean, I, I didn't want to bring this up because I haven't heard your trivia yet. I like to hear your trivia for the first time as we're sitting here. Um, but yes, that was going to be something worth bringing up. I, I think it's fun to point that out early on because it's, yes. it's obviously important later on in the yes. movie. And it's um, there's a program on Netflix. I think it's. I think it's the, the sh- movies that made us. The, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you watch the Die Hard? Have, it, yes. They talked about this and how they were just writing the script, and later on they're like, "Well, how are we going to do this?" Like, "Oh, we'll just put an ambulance." I mean, it, so it was like literally something that was just like, you know, in the moment. Yeah. Eh. And they didn't really think about. It. Anyways, just thought it was, it was so obvious now when you watch it. But yes, you're not you, thinking about. You, if you know about it, you can't miss it. Right. When you watch this, if day. you know about it, you can't miss it. Now you know about it. So you won't be able to miss it. Um, and they just came in shooting. Yeah. No, hey, what's up? You guys want to play nice or what? No, they just came in shooting. Um, and John is, he's in a tank top, pants, He's trying bare to get feet. cleaned up from his flight. He was making fists with his toes. Yeah. He's feeling good. Um, he had a very uncomfortable discussion with his wife. Didn't go well. Yeah. He felt she, like an idiot. She kind of kind of invited him to stay. 
He's got two kids yeah. who will meet years down the road in in worse movies. Right. Um So yeah, so and so yeah, he wants to get back together. He wants her to admit she's can't make it out there, but she seems to be doing just fine. Yeah. So um anyway, the shooting starts and Hans wants Takagi. And uh they go they go through this big charade. Takagi won't Hans is basically reading his Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. whatever that. Yeah, whatever, whatever his, what his access to information was, and uh, so he's going to take him back, and he he wants access to the vault because we, we we assume these guys are terrorists, but we don't know exactly what they want. Sure. And I think this is the beginning of the beauty of this movie is the the deception that's involved in it. Um, we're also introduced in this point to Carl and Theo, played by Alexander Gudnov and Clarence. Giard Jr. So, um, Carl was also in. He's been in a couple other movies. Dude, does he not uh, just give off that you are a perfect European villain? I could put you in a European rave club. Yeah. I could put you in, you know, some weirdo. European mafia type movie. You just fit that mold of yeah. If there was if great... there was like a Getty Images for yes for stock European bad guys, he'd be like the number one, the like the most he... popular choice. He'd be like the first one that popped up. Yes, if if you're getting Carl, you know you're you're paying paying a little bit extra for that level of thuggery. <laughs> right. He might cost you a little bit more because sure. he's so popular. But. Um, and you know, and obviously, you know the the idea that we have Hans' first great line: "The who said we were terrorists?" <laughs> and the way he just he says everything with like this like half smile, this cocky, yes, um, like dude, I am so far ahead of you in this game you already. Know nothing, <laughs> you know, and I'll let you know. And this is he like he lets people know the things they need to know, and they know, but he's, that's because he's already like the plan has progressed past yeah. what you need to know. Right, right. Um, great scene, this moment. He just wants him to tell him to code the vault, and Kaki's like, dude, even if I give you that, you know, you can't get through it because of this factor, you know, and, you know, there's, like, this automatic shutdown that'll happen, and blah, 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 and it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, so, you know, you're just going to have to kill me. And blows his brains out. Bam. All over that nice window. And again, the, the great thing about Hans is he's just so cool. He's, he didn't come in yelling. He came in with a, he's, you know, German, right? Yes. Okay, so he's German. He comes in with this cool German accent, and this, even that scene, he's just kind of sitting there with this gun in his hand, just very relaxed and talking to him, and then phew, pops him. So count of three. Yeah. John sees it, and they kind of this is kind of their first indication there may be somebody they don't have because they've got all the hostages kind of in the little party room. And so where does he go? Does he go to the roof? Yes. Yeah. So he goes up to the roof. They kind of chase him out. He goes up there, pulls the fire alarm, and he kills one guy. Sets up one of the, another, a great gag um, where he writes some blood on the guy's shirt. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. 
illustrated here by this wonderful Funko yeah, Pop. Yeah, but I, I do have a Funko Pop of this. And of it's this beautiful. Glorious moment. And, and the way. So John sends that down the elevator, puts it in the elevator, and sends him down to the 30th floor. And he's sitting on top. Um, but we get this moment where Hans walks over to the elevator and the way he says what he's reading on the shirt and processing it, that that whole moment of realization for Hans of, oh, okay, okay. I got I to gotta go figure out this little yeah. thing. Uh, we have a situation. It's just brilliantly delivered by Rickman, the way he just kind of... And it, just the playfulness uh, of it on McLean's part. Yes. <laughs> it's such a smart-ass asshole gesture that he could have just not done anything and been secret about it, but he wants them to know he's there. Yeah. Because he, he wants to pull start pulling them. He's the cowboy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, and there's a couple of moments that happened. One, one of them is right here where... Uh, this is Carl's brother that has been killed. Yes. And so he's not happy. No, it does not sit well with Carl. And this is Holly's first indication that John's alive. She knows. <laughs> and it's just because somebody's pissed. That has to be because of John. John is the only person that can <laughs> that's the only, that's the, that's the only. That's the only thing that could be. It, could, it can only be John. All right, so um, and then he goes and he makes the nine one one call, which is another great line where, you know, he's you know I'm calling from Nakatomi, you know, tower and, uh, you know, come you know come and I think had they already had the false call at this point. Well, they had the uh, the, the, the fire, fire the alarm. fire alarm right, and then the fire trucks turned around because they called him off. So now he's calling directly. And she knows, she knows there's already been a call, you know. So she's like, sir, this is for, you know, emergencies only. You know, he's like, no fucking shit, ladies. It sounds like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> David, I saw this movie. We didn't talk about this. I used to go to the Bishop Miege basketball camp, okay, for one, one week every summer. And whenever I would go, I'd stay with my Uncle Steve and my cousins. They were my age, about my age. So one year... This year, he took us to see Die Hard. And my dad, is, being my dad, did not... He was so pissed because it's AR-rated. You know, blah, blah, blah. But how, how old were you? I would have been 14. Okay. 13? Yeah. 13, because it was 88. About the, the right time for an yeah, R. I mean, at, at the, like, glorious age to see... I mean, when you see this, and it's witty. It's got bad words. and he's So saying, many bad he's words. He's saying bad words in a funny way. Yes. Not, like, mean ways. He's... Funny when he says it. Yes. So, <laughs> John McClane very much became kind of the beginning of Tim's. Oh, I can say it like that. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Willis on Moonlighting. His sense of humor. I, I was so excited for Die Hard. Yeah. Because I loved Moonlighting, and so I was, you know, I was like eager to see what this guy did in an action movie. Where apparently the rest of the world was like. Oh my God, that guy! This is stupid. That fucking guy from Moonlighting. Yes. Um, did you ever watch Moonlighting? Uh, here and there. Okay. Early seasons are great, and he's—I mean, he's hilarious. I mean, it's—it's it's weird to watch now, I'm sure, because he is who he is now. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so th- that right there is just coming out his humor, which a lot of his stuff was improvised 
too. Um, Bruce Willis. I didn't know a lot he of, had that uh, the comedic chops. There, I that. think there was the, I think there was just a lot of rewrites on set, so it was just. I'll just make do it, it this way. Do it this way. Do it this way, and then you know. So all right, so they call in Al, Sergeant Al Powell. He's off getting Twinkies and shit for his. Man, did they have to stereotype Al like this? I know. Why is that? I mean, I, because I it's the '80s, and there yeah. were things that they had to do. He's fat, so he must like. I mean, all cops like donuts. I mean. Yeah, I mean, they even have that conversation. I thought all you guys ate was donuts. Yeah, it's for my yeah. life. Yep. Sure. So he gets called Nakatomi, and uh, as he he gets through and like doesn't see anything going on, everything no. looks normal. He walks around the lobby for a second, and he's like, ah, yeah, fuck he it. he goes in, talks to that dude who's watching the Notre Dame game. Yeah. And uh, Huey Lewis. Is that Huey Lewis? Was it? <laughs> watch, it <laughs> yeah. watch it again, dude. It yeah. fucking looks just like him. Like a buff It's Huey. like fucking Dewey Lewis or something. <laughs> his fucking twin brother. Um, so, yeah, he goes out to his car. He's calling back. Like, hey, that looks like a wild goose chase out here. Yeah, everything looks And, like- you know, McLean, and the only way he can think to get in his attention... He throws a dead body out the window. Yeah. It lands on the car. Fucking Al freaks out, crashes. Oh, man, the terrorists start shooting at him. When the body goes out the window. Who starts shooting up the car? It's the terrorists. I think it's him. Is it John? I think it's John, isn't it? Huh. Yeah. I think, and they start shooting at him at this point. Yeah. They chase him off the roof. Um, and this is where he gets into the vent. Yes, the terrifying yeah. vent. And when again, this start it starts like just like one after another of just iconic moments in action movie history, you know that have been replicated, you know, over and over Pop since then. Culture staples. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah. And uh, so yeah, he's cramming through, and he comes into the one vent. Um. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. How would be like <laughs> He's just so fucking pissed he's in this situation. He's just right? like, the fuck was I thinking? I could be in New Coming York. Coming to a party? Why, do, why am I here? Oh, this is not what I do. Yeah. Now I know what a TV dinner feels like. Yeah. That's that's Bruce. Um, it's all about family, Tim. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The things we do for our family. Yeah, we got the the welcome to the party, pal. There's so many great one-liners. You know, I can you really do one-liners in movies nowadays, or is it just I don't too think, cliche? I don't think it, it's impactful because I think back in the eighties, people like the don't thing, man. talk like that. We don't have catchphrases no. now, really. But you know, nowadays we have you know um, things that we see in social media. Um, Lines like uh, "love to see it," where we go through phases where you know a certain group of people will tweet that same thing. You yeah, know, with everything. Uh, so we have stuff like that now. I think that's kind of become our one-liner. Um, Retweeting memes and shit. Yeah. Um, God, someday, dude, fucking aliens are gonna examine this planet and see memes and just keep. Twitter posts, by. and they're just going to be like, oh, my God, they're not even ready. No, they're let's not just ready. buzz right by this one. Shit. So, all right. So, we got Al. Al's getting 
the cops involved. He gets everybody else there. Um, the news is alerted. And we meet Thornburg, played by William Atherton. <laughs> one of the great 80s movies, movie nemesis of our time. Um, played the EPA guy from Ghostbusters. Yes. And now we get our first talk between John and Hans. And uh, Hans calls him a cowboy. We had the first Roy Rogers reference. But this is their first, all right, so you're going to be a problem for me. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of going to be a problem for you, buddy. Yep. You, this was not, I'm the monkey rich, rich in your plans. monkey rents, the fly in the ointment. Yes. Yep. yippee ki motherfucker. So good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if that's not one of the, I mean, that Asta La Vista baby, I mean, just some of the, just, if you were to have like a, Mount Rushmore of action movie one-liners. That one's on there. Yes. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, and at this point, the bad guys have realized John has their detonators. Thea's still working on the safe. He's got a lot, a lot of work to do. And Al, Al calls a lot to John. A lot, of this, a, lot of this, a lot of the exposition here is given between conversations, even brief as they may be sometimes, between Al and, and John. And I was I liked it because sometimes I couldn't tell if he was calling him Al, or Powell, yeah. or Pal, Pal, which could have been hey, any Pal. of them. They, I, I think it's a combination of them. any of them could have been a, right. We could call him Pal. His name was Al Powell. Yes. So we could, <laughs> but it was like, but you know, just the way Bruce talks and the way he yells and the way he inflicts. Sometimes like, I have no idea which ones he's saying. Uh, but he's got him calling him Roy. Because he's Roy. a cowboy. He's Roy Rogers now. He's like, you fucking call me a cowboy. That's exactly what I'm going to be. Um, Paul Gleason. Yes, please. Let's talk about how wonderful it is when Paul Gleason shows up. <laughs> Dwayne. What, what is he? Deputy Dwayne T. Robinson. Yes. Dude. God, you better say the T part. or the <laughs> uh, Played principal in Breakfast Club. Richard Vernon. Again, another one of the, you know, I mean, we've got two of the classic 80s villains in this movie already. Yes. It, it's it's kind of like they're passing the torch on to Alan Rickman in a way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, he started, and he's got great lines. Jesus Christ, pal, he could be a fucking bartender. <laughs> it's just, it's the delivery. It just, everybody, everybody has one-liners in this. It's, yes. it's great. I it's love a it. series of one-liners. It's all, and none of them feel like they're just ham-fisting in one-liners. They all feel natural within these dumbass, you know, because yes. this guy's a moron. Absolute. But he totally. has great lines because you realize just how inept. How the fuck did this guy climb to be deputy... Chief. Yeah, nobody nobody knows. Um, let's see. So this is about where Holly gets involved. She's getting, you know, she kind of goes and talks to Hans, like, dude, we got we got to piss. Yeah, we, got, we need bathroom breaks. Bring a couch. We got a pregnant chicken here. It's gonna be a mess. He's cool about it. Hans has a a, yeah, a, yeah. a reasonable side. And uh, I think that it was this about no, she doesn't see her kids on the news yet, but. Hans starts to suspect something, though. Yeah, he wonders what, where's, because he's not an idiot. She sees him, or he sees her glancing at the at the pictures over his shoulder. Uh, whether it, so he's starting to wonder, who is this lady? Do I need to? 
to keep an eye on this one. Yeah, what's her angle? Yeah. Okay, fine. I get they need bathroom breaks. There's a pregnant woman. But why her? Why now? I love the line, uh, who put you in charge? <laughs> you did when you killed my boss, or when you murdered my boss. Yeah. Bonnie Bedelia, man. She delivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't make her a weak female character. No. That she is much like moving to L.A. away from John in New York. Uh, she's like, I, I'll do this shit myself. I'll, I'll handle my business my yeah. way. And even here. in the second one, yeah. she's, you know, even though she's isolated in, on the plane for almost the entire movie, right. uh, she's in control yeah. of that situation. Yeah. Um, all right, now... This is a Argyle finally sees what happened. It's on the news. He's partying this car. He's just killing time. Yeah, talking to his girl. He, he told his boss he's driving. He's taking. Uh, I guess he's taking John to uh, Las Vegas. Vegas. So, he, yeah, he's yeah talking it up. Yeah, and he suddenly realizes there's like all this fucking chaos and explosions going hey. on uh, right above him. But he's got the music on, so he hasn't noticed anything. Um, and. This is where Dwayne T. Robinson has his first great idea. He's going to bring in the SWAT team. Yeah. They're just going to attack the building. Let's just storm the castle. Yeah, why not? Leroy um, little nuances of this movie that I love, David. Like when the SWAT guys are running through the bushes and the dude gets his hand snagged on the thorn bush <laughs> and he stops and goes, ow. I mean, it's just such a, a humanizing right. moment. Yes. You know, these, these aren't, I mean, these aren't badasses, but they're dudes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just such a funny thing to just, hey, why don't you, uh, maybe that thorn bush snags you. <laughs> and man, I want you to, because he, he kind of does this, yow. <laughs> like a little pussy, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a little paper cut, you know? Those things fucking hurt. It's hilarious. I mean, just, it's those little things that uh, just make me love this movie so much. Yes. Um, Dude not being able to resist a candy bar while he waits to murder cops. <laughs> Um, Powell's annoyance with Robinson. Yes, he's like over him from the beginning. Oh God! Oh, not you know. I mean, they don't even know each other, but yeah, he can just tell right away. You're one of those kind of cops. <laughs> Fuck. He just, he, yeah, he's just Reginald Reginald Bell Johnson, I believe his name Uncle plays Carl. out. Yeah, he yeah. Is he playing the same character that he played on Family Matters? Essentially, I, I think that's always been the debate is whether or not he was playing. Yes, just a same, continuation. The same character. Um, so they send in the, it's referred to as an RV. The police have themselves an RV. Yeah. Like, is that, is that the right word? I don't think so. Recreational vehicle? Maybe it was back in Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I I wasn't paying attention. Um, bad guys take that out easy. And this is where John McClane drops the C4, the explosive down in the elevator shaft. Yeah. He's super pissed off. They missile it. They missiled the cops. Not once, but twice. Hans is like really rubbing it in with the second one. He really wants to drive home the point of, I'm a bad man. Was this the shooting out the lights? Was this that scene? Yeah, so he shoots out the light. And then. <laughs> and because Dwayne's just right behind, you know, Al's like, they're shooting out the lights. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, they're shooting out, out the, the lights. lights. <laughs> <laughs> just like rolls his eyes out. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Um, so yeah, so they've. He blows this up to cause a distraction, and it just makes a mess. Um, 
Android. So now Ellis decides it's time for his coked up ass to be a hero. Let me do what I do best. Yeah. I close million dollar deals at breakfast. I'll let you take us through this scene. Go for it. We get the pure 80s cheese and slime of a sales guy. I mean, he's essentially a used car salesman. You he can sell ketchup popsicles to a woman in white gloves, right? Yes. and uh, So he thinks that uh, he is going to outsmart Hans. He's going to come in here and, and broker the deal. I'm going to give you John McClane. So... We see what we've already known, uh, that Hans is always a step ahead of everyone else. And he's just humoring Ellis at this point, just to see what it is that uh, that Ellis can provide. Um, and so we have this wonderful walkie-talkie conversation that transpires between John and... Uh, Ellis, and it's a it's a beautiful back and forth of um, just the level of slime that Ellis is when he tries to convince people of things. Um, John not buying it, um, knowing Ellis, you're you're in over your head. It's like the referee in a big game that just gets involved for no reason. Yes. It's like, it's not even about me. No. But I'm going to see what I can do here. Yes. And we get this great moment where Ellis, in his arrogance and his ignorance, thinks that he's in control of this situation. And he's concocted this great story, this play that he's uh, giving to, to John about, oh, no, they're going to kill me, John. They're going to kill me. And then all of a sudden, there's a very real gun in Hans's hand that he sets down on the on the desk while he's just got this very polite, smile, smirky stare that he's giving out. And Ellis realizes at that moment, fuck, these dudes are going to kill me. This isn't... And sure enough... Uh, John begs him to tell yeah, the truth. I don't and fucking get know this guy. I just met him tonight. Please, Hans, don't do this. And Ellis, you have no fucking idea. You know, he's like, he doesn't know who you're de- he's dealing with. I, I do. do. Mm-hmm. And the cops are all listening to this conversation. So everybody is following along. Yeah, as far as they don't know who knows each other. So, yeah. yeah. This, uh, this looks bad for John. Not good for John. And Hans just goes ahead and pops him. Hans. Booby, we forgot that. I, we forgot to intro with that. That should have been our. Ellis and that, that was an ad lib line by that guy, and another moment where you got an, another honest reaction from Alan Rickman. Where yes. His his kind of like what? Okay, and then but he, he rolls with it. You yes. Know? I mean, but again, you and we'll talk about his other natural reaction moment later on. But um, just that that line. I mean, if, if there's a line that Bubby. sums up Ellis, it's Hans, Booby. <laughs> yeah, and now he's dead. Now he's dead. John's pissed. John's feeling pretty desperate at this point, pretty alone and pretty unappreciated, sitting alone on the on the floor that's under construction. Yeah. 
This is where Hans tells Robinson what he wants. He wants his brothers in arms released. Yes. He gives them names of a bunch of activists, terrorists, assholes from different groups. I mean, it's just a bunch of random ass names. And he's like, I want them all released and, and whatever. And I want a helicopter and whatever. He gives them a bunch of demands. He's, he's yeah. just fucking... Giving them a chore for the next he's few He's just giving hours them shit to do for a little while. While we continue to break this lock. Right. Um, <laughs> the, this is what they go to the news where the, the dumbass newscaster that can never get anything right... Um, and they're explaining the Helsinki thing. And the, the, that doctor's all like, well, right now, these people are probably feeling this. And he's, he's trying to think about how they're, like, bonding. And, and yes. they, but at the same time, they, it's like they're, they, they're kind of overcutting um, what's happening. It's like people are crying yes. and screaming. <laughs> and, like, chaos is happening. It, yeah, it's just the movie's ability to kind of mock itself at times cracks me up. Um, how about the FBI agents? Johnson and Johnson. Love these dudes. No relation. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson. No relation. Robert Davey and this dude's name was Grand Bush. Grand Bush. Yeah, Robert Davey. He was uh, one of the Fratellis from Goonies. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. He was the one that sings. All right. There you go. That makes sense. There you go. Um, so, yeah. So, now they show up and they're bigger idiots <laughs> than... Dwayne T. Robinson. Yes. They've got the terrorist playbook, and they're running it step by step. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, they're here, and they're, they're, now they're in control. And they're gun-ho. They're, they're, we're going to fuck some shit up. We got helicopters that are fully armed. We are not messing around. Um, and now, now we're going to have a big meeting between the good guy and the bad guy. Bruce is upstairs. Oh, sorry. McLean's upstairs on the roof, kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And he uh, finds somebody. Oh, no, no, no. Hans is looking for his charges. Detonators. Yeah. And he and McLean captures him. And he pulls a name off the board, says, I'm Bill Clay. You know, he's faking an American accent. <laughs> you know. What, what do we think about his, Alan Rickman's American accent? It was funny to hear. It's funny to hear. Yes. Because you can tell it, you know, and it might have been part of his act, but, you know, I don't know. I've I've seen him play Americans. Sure. And obviously more convincing. So, I don't know. It's funny, you know. Uh, he's, he bounces in and out of it while he's talking to. Oh, yeah. He's all over the place. Yes. And I find that brilliantly perfect at the same time. I'm like, John. You're so eager for this to be this American now to have somebody on your side that you can interact with that isn't trying to murder you. Oh, I think he he sees through it right away though. Yeah. You know, and then he you know, you give him the gun. Unloaded, of course. Yeah. Brilliant. And right away dude's like, Oh, I got a gun, so I'm gonna turn the table on him so he calls his people. Get the drop. What do you think I'm fucking stupid, Hans? Yeah. That you made right from the start. Uh yeah, and then again we get into classic action movie scene moments. Bad guys show up. You were saying they start shooting. Hans tells them to shoot the glass. He's very and I also love how he, he like says it in German. The guy kind of like what? 
And he just like rolls his eyes and says it in English. Shoot. The glass. Yeah. Great scene. So yeah, dude's still barefoot. Yeah. Because the only shoes he found, the guy had feet smaller than his sister. Yes. So he couldn't wear those shoes. So he, he still is barefoot doing it, doing all this stuff. And uh, but yeah, this is this is a painful one because he's running over glass. And this is what one of those moments where you watch it, where you're like, oh, you know, like that first time you're just like, oh my god, that sucked. But you can imagine just how absolutely terrible that would that would have to be. You know, you everybody's stubbed their toe or cut their toe or something. But man, to just have to do that walk of glass like at the carnival yeah it's just disgusting i can't do it and we get we get a a good alan john bonding moment finally these guys have a chance to really sit down and they they open up yeah john's pulling glass out of his foot thinks it's probably going to be the end for him he's not sure he's going to make it out al saw him the fbi is in charge tells about his you know what happened with him and a kid why isn't al Work in the streets. Why is he a desk cop? Yeah, shot a kid. Pretty, you know, legit story. Because yeah, he, he really if he, back back in the day, um, you know, you think about like, remember uh, what was that Transformer, Megatron? Yeah, when that toy was like a silver fucking pistol. Yeah, back in the, and it was a. I mean, it looked like a real gun. It was a silver pistol with a black handle. Sure, and uh, you know now they all have to have like orange tips and. Yeah, you know, they have to look rules. like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then, absolutely. That was a thing that cops had to worry about. Yep. I mean, you talk about them, be, you know, that being the thing today we talk about, the danger of that job. Um, that's a scary side of it. So that was always a very, a real story from yeah. Al, you know. Um, so, yeah, so they, they bond and uh, FBI is cutting the power now. But this is exactly what Hans wanted. Hans is smarter than everyone else. Your your terrorist playbook played right into his hands. Yeah. And he knew it. He knew it. Uh, we get a, a cameo alert right here from Rick Dukeman. Rick Dukeman. Yeah, Rick Dukeman was in The Burbs. Yes. It's the good dude who was down cutting the power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great comedian. I don't know if you've ever seen his old stand-up, but he was huh. pretty. he was pretty funny back then. Uh, great use of uh, Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Yes. So glorious when the vault door opens. And there you see what he finally wants. It's bonds. It's just... It's that moment of... You know. uh, that sigh of relief that he has that, okay, we've done it. We've achieved what we came here for. Yeah. So they're, they're ready to make their... Uh, to switch their uh, the momentum here. They've got what they wanted. The vault's open. The FBI is bringing them what they need. So they think. But they are. They think, they're, they think the FBI is ahead, or they're ahead of the FBI, and the FBI thinks they're ahead of them. Um, all right. Oh, and Bruce gives the if I don't make it speech. Yes. You got you to gotta have this. Yeah. In every action movie. You know, he can't tell his wife how he feels, it, but he sure can tell... Some random police officer that he's known for two hours. Right, 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 right. And expect that man to go tell his wife exactly that. And, and they always get the same response. You're going to tell him yourself. Yeah, we're going to make it That's out That's great, of John, but you can tell him yourself. Um, all right, so 
And this Bible where he starts going, why was he going up there? What? What was Hans looking for? Yeah. So then he realizes he's got the top of the building rigged to explode Wired. with a lot of explosives. He's like, oh. And now Carl finally catches up with old Johnny Boy. Yes. And they have like this epic fight. Just beat the shit out of each other. Just pummeling. I mean, he has to kick him in the face like eight times in a row. Carl kicks John around this room, back and forth across it's this room. It's a brutal room. beating on yes. both ends. The helicopters are coming, but they're gunships. Yeah. And these these dudes are ready to go. Uh, uh, FBI guys. Johnson of John. Johnson & Johnson is <laughs> just... Eager to to get some Goonies rounds Johnson. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into this building. Yeah, he. They can't wait. They're gonna. They think they. They're never gonna see this coming. No. No. They. They know what they're doing. Yes. Guys. All right. Um, Another question. Yes. Yes. Why is it that the FBI felt the need to fly helicopters at street level through this city? I mean. Because it fucking looked cool. It did. It did. It looked <laughs> awesome. But the practicality of, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. Terrorizing this city with your gunships. Uh, Thornburg, dickhead that he is, expo- puts the kids on TV after yes. threatening the, the maid or the, the babysitter, the nanny, whatever she with was. ice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ice on your ass. Um, yeah. Hans gets it all figured out. Hans realizes who Holly is because she sees the TV. Bad guys are taking the hostages up to the roof. There's explosives. There's gunship helicopters coming in instead of carrier helicopters. John's still fighting Carl with another great line. You should have heard your brother squeal when I broke his fucking neck. neck. He's just like talking shit to this dude. Yeah. And then the, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cook you. I'm going to eat you. Who says that? Where is this shit coming from? I love it, though. And, uh, and then he kills him. Kills Carl. Wraps chain around him. Slams him against the wall. That's it. That's it. All right, again, iconic action moment alert, David. Yes. This building moment, we talked about when I saw it. Again, one of the scenes that, I mean, you're just, you know, when you're, I think sometimes we're jaded by movies. We've so, seen so many great movies yes. like this. So when we see these amazing action scenes, I mean, do you really find yourself like gripped to seats anymore? Yeah. It's rare. Yeah. Like 1917, I might have got that way a little bit. Um, For different reasons, though. Yeah, I mean, but there, it's it's yeah. rare. It's fleeting almost because yes. you've seen it so many times, and now so many movies are getting made every year. They're all the same movies. They're all remakes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But this scene with, you know, he goes up, chases everybody down, you know, with the gun. He's like, get the fuck off the building. And they're like, what? These fucking people don't know who to listen to. Just He's got the- a gun just like everybody else. Yeah. And so, um, so he starts shooting. They go, they run off. And then so the FBI thinks he's one of the bad guys. Yeah. So he's, they start shooting at him. And at this point, oh, he knows they're getting ready to blow the roof. So he wraps he gets a, a, fire hose. a fire hose around his waist. And he just is like, 
fuck it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to die anyway. Why not die That's this way? That's my choice. So as he jumps off this fucking building, it explodes. Explodes the helicopters. Blows been this it. explosion of yeah. explosions. You know, massive explosion. The top couple of floors. The biggest explosion. And, um, yeah, so he swings down, smacks against a window. The coil or whatever for the hose is sliding off the roof. Barely, ca- I mean, it's just one of the greatest actions. I mean, it's just nonstop tensioned as he's trying to kick through the glass, shooting through the glass as he's trying to swing some momentum. And... Well, it crashes through it, right? Then to have the... Sees the reel go flying Flying by. down. And, and then it starts pulling him. Oh, shit moment. Where he's got this... Now he's got this thing pulling and wrapped around. I mean, my God. I, I, just, I still remember just watching this just like, holy shit. Oh. This is fucking amazing. Yes. I mean, this movie, I mean, really was just... I mean, just an, an eye opener for me as a as a as a young yes. Tim and a movie lover. I mean, this was just like, oh my god, this is the kind of shit this, that I like. This was the popcorn this, movie. That this got is great. Yes, and so just one of the greatest greatest scenes. Um, John gets everyone off. Classic moment there. Um, I did, Dwayne T. Robinson's got to have another good line here. Yeah, we're gonna need some more FBI guys. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> what a cold just, palace this, It's line. just like the best after all of that. That yeah. was his, re- I mean, because he didn't, I mean, so it's like he just had all that tension and then his reaction to seeing those helicopters go down. He's just kind of like, we're going to need some more FBI guys. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely then, right. And now the ambulance pops out. Oh, yes. But who's... uh this is Argyle's time to spring into action, Dave. Argyle. Everybody's got to play a role. And Argyle, it's his turn to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to the showdown. It's a Western. We got cowboy, cowboy and a villain involved. So it's time for a classic villain hero showdown. <laughs> and we get John's ver- John versus Hans. Yes. Okay. And a great just cinematography, that shot of him coming down that hall. With the gun, all slow. He's like, fuck this party, man. Yes. <laughs> and Holly, that moment God. she realizes it's John. And oh, we did miss the other part where earlier, where she, uh, I forgot to point out, where she realized he was still alive again. She's like, only John could drive someone Yeah, when crazy. Carl freaks out again in the office, <laughs> right. and Hans yeah. is yelling and screaming at him. Yeah, another great, just to, Hilarious moment. But yeah, she yeah, she sees that holy shit. This man has been putting in some fucking work tonight. John. <laughs> Looking like a badass. Yes. Coming through that door. And he's just like, hey, honey. <laughs> Cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's just like, fuck it, I'm going out like this. Yeah. And uh, you know, that moment, you know, the classic gun strapped, strapped to, to his, his back, back. trick. Trick situation, shoots Hans, he falls through the window because those windows are just that breakable that he would just... They're, they're selectively. <laughs> Sele- because, because if we remember back at the, at the beginning when he's trying to get Al's attention, he tries to throw a chair through that window and it 
takes oh, him. Yeah, several I mean, he attempts, is yeah. full on whacking the shit out of this window. But, yeah. you know, Hans breathes on the window. Yeah, he just like falls <laughs> into it. It's like, man, I'm glad I didn't work in that office. Yeah, and that window exploded. Yeah. And uh, so that moment, he's got, he's falling out the window. He grabs Holly. He's pulling her. John grabs Holly. He's, he's got her around the wrist. The Rolex. And, you know, he undoes the clasp. And that moment is completely natural. That we've, we've talked about the natural reactions. And they did not tell him they were going to drop him in that moment. Because there, he was just Alan Rickman. They were like, who are you? Yeah. I mean, you know, he wasn't anybody to demand that kind of... Yes. You know, but even better, it was just like, that's what you needed. So that look of shock on Hans Gruber's face... Yes. ...is an actual look of, oh, shit. Genuine. From, from Alan Rickman as he fell. And, you know, and then classic villain, he's able to get that gun up, you know, as he's fallen and just isn't able to get that shot off yeah. before he... Before the, the class drops, so... He falls, hits the ground hard. I hope that's not a hostage. Oof. Oof. So, yeah. And then, you know, everybody's getting ready to have a nice moment. But wait! Who could it be, Tim? The killer's never dead. Never! It's Carl! He's back. And you know what? This is when Al gets his mojo back, man. He shoots him like five fucking times. It's his time to shine. Yeah. And then he then Argal pops out. He's ready to fucking shoot his ass yeah, too. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't, don't shoot. This don't this shoot one's Argyle. with me. This one's with me. All right. One of the greatest action movies ever. Before we go, we gotta do trivia. And we're gonna break down why this is a Christmas movie, David. Why is it a Christmas movie? What's your thoughts? I mean, I think we agree this is absolutely a Christmas movie. There is no doubt in my mind this is a holiday classic. It is. You could describe this movie by saying that a man and a woman try to rekindle their marriage by meeting on Christmas Eve in Los Angeles. And when a, Chris, when a work Christmas party goes awry, they have to survive a bunch of wild obstacles in order to find their way back to each other. My God, that's like describing almost every Christmas movie that's been made since 1940. I mean, that is the Hallmark Channel staple. If I were to describe that to you, my mom would want to see that movie based on that. She'd be like, "Oh, that yes. sounds so sweet." Does it have? Uh, oh, who the fu- George Clooney? She'd want George Clooney in that fucking movie. <laughs> Does it have George Clooney in it? I'd be like, "Oh my God!" But no, even Bruce Willis says this isn't a Christmas movie. I don't it, shut up, Bruce. Why? Shut up. It is. It's takes place at a Christmas party. It's it's all it's all set around reunion and Christmas and yes, family coming back together. All of the themes and, and we get moments of inspirational Christmas miracles from Hans, you know, they have that conversation about this is the time of year He's for visiting miracles. for Christmas. That's all that's all that needs to be. Yeah. It's a Christmas party. Yes. Guys, come on. Anyway, hooligans, tell me what you think. Hit us up on all of our socials and let us know what you think about the Christmas movie debate. Because I feel it is. We'll tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, that's true. All right, you want some trivia? Yeah, lay some trivia on me. All right, brother. Trivia. All right, trivia, trivia. Debut of Alan Rickman. 
Joel Silver and John McTiernan saw him in Dangerous Liaisons. And they realized they had their Hans Gruber. They were not wrong. This movie was originally supposed to star Frank Sinatra. The book was written like years ago. Then he was just he just got to be too old to do it. Yeah. So um pretty thankful for it that. It was also offered to Robert De Niro. And let's see. Uh Robert De Niro turned it down. John Travolta. No, the studio rejected John Travolta. Charles Bronson, Don Johnson, Richard Dean Anderson, Michael Madsen, Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Richard Gere. All of these people turned this movie down. You know, I think the only one... And I, McTiernan might have rejected like guys like Schwarzenegger because he didn't want the action guy. He wanted yeah. the... the so out of that list, the only one on there that I would have said, huh, Stallone, Harrison Ford, the only uh, Mel Gibson. Do you think he could have pulled this one off? His Lethal Weapon. Yeah, movies? I do. Might have been a, might have been a different movie, but I mean, a different, I think so. different feel, but it might have been still a pretty effective action movie. Lethal Weapon, another Christmas Christmas action. It movie. is. It absolutely is. Iron Man Three. Yeah. I've tried to make the case that um, Spider-Verse is just because they did Christmas, the Christmas album. <laughs> like, solely because of that. Uh, let's see what else do I got. Oh, the poster when it came out, they did not put Bruce Willis on the poster until after the movie came out because they thought people would not see it if they knew who was in it. He was coming Weird. off Moonlighting. Weird. And... McTiernan, I mean, you've watched that show on Netflix, man. McTiernan went to bat for that dude. Yeah. It's like, this is our guy, I'm telling you. Um, Clint Eastwood originally owned the rights and was supposed to do it back in the 80s. So, yeah, buddy. Die Hard. Die Hard 2 is also, also takes place on Christmas Eve. Just a word Christmas. This movie has more, it's more Christmas Eve. Yeah. That movie could slip. Could, could slip. Slide them both in there. That's locked there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, brother, that's going to do it for us for today, man. Bonus double week. Yeah, man. Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate. Whatever you celebrate. We love you. Thank you very much for listening to us. We do have one more show this year. Next Wednesday, we'll be seeing Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I didn't get any screeners for this because they're dicks. Yeah. But that sounds about right, though. Yeah, studios have been much more selective about their early press access. Kansas City gets screwed a lot. So. But we're all going to get to watch it on HBO Max here in a couple of days. Yeah. That'll be wonderful. Is that just going to be everybody's Christmas Day activity? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what, that's what we're doing, so. Staying home and watching Wonder Woman, 1984. Great plan. Some good press coming. There's a lot of good things being said for it. Good. And Patty Jenkins, of course, is from Lawrence, fucking Kansas. She's doing a Star Wars movie now. Yeah. That is fucking amazing. I just, I love it. So, uh, congrats to her. Can't wait to see this. So that's what we're gonna talk about next week, and we'll get more into that. All that crap. Everybody, 2020 has sucked. 
take the next few days to just enjoy time with with somebody or something you love. Alright? Happy holidays from the real hooligans. We out. <laughs>